So this is my open letter to principals about Algebra 1. When they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. And now he's been promoted. His job, principal. Good morning, everyone. This is Uchain Joku. Welcome to the Sneak Principal Podcast. Um, it is about 5.30 in the morning, um, and I woke up thinking to myself how we don't have this conversation about Algebra 1 and why it is so important. I'm going to say this. If you're a school leader, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the... Um, elementary school principals off the hook, but specifically middle school and high school. If you don't make algebra one a priority, you're doing our students a, a huge injustice. One thing I've learned over 19 years, actually I keep saying 19 years, but it's been longer than that. If I count the years that the, the few years I spent working as an intern uh, for social work, actually, many, many moons ago in California. Um, it's over 20 years. And in those years, if you also include my time in college and then especially in high school, middle school, how important algebra is. And um, some might say, well, there's very little use for algebra in the real world, but algebra is a gatekeeper. And how do I know it's a gatekeeper? The number of students every year that struggle to just pass algebra, especially in a place like New York State, where um, for the time being, you have regents exams, and these are exams that test skill sets within certain content areas to allow you to graduate with a regents diploma. Um, it's pretty much the, the basis of measuring whether or not you've been educated enough to move on beyond high school. And one of the exams that constantly holds students back is algebra. Um, typically what happens is algebra is a course that you have to take when you get to high school, preferably in the ninth grade. And when you get there, you know, you take the class, it's a one year class. But what happens is a lot of students don't pre, they don't really fare well in algebra. Then to make things worse, to take the, the, the regents exam or whatever examination in your locality to prove that they have, you know, I don't even say mastered because we use mastery in a, in a very, very, very loose way. But let's be honest here. We don't really go for mastery. We just want the kids to pass. So like in New York state passing, um, at least New York city is 65. If you get 65 minimum out of a hundred, you've passed. 
And you know, 65 just means you were able to exercise some level of discernment and figuring out what the answer is without really truly engaging the bigger topics, you know, well enough to get those questions right. So you know enough um, to get through the tests, but you don't really know enough to have grounding to move on to higher math courses. And um, again, 65. But the reality, <clears throat> the reality is that, um, excuse me, let me take a sip of this jasmine tea wake my throat up. Um, on a side note, those of you who don't do this, you should make this a practice in the morning. Um, have something warm to kind of like get your system going to get the, the, the body just energized. I like to do jasmine tea in the morning. Sometimes I might do turmeric, ginger tea, but um, I still get my coffee on the way to work, but this is a way for me to just kind of like get my body going. So, uh, there's not paid sponsorship. It's just me talking about my daily health practices. So, um, yeah, tea. Um, so algebra becomes a, a bottleneck. A lot of kids get stuck. A lot of kids find themselves repeating the class or doing some kind of um, some um, remediation because they didn't pass the class or they pass the class but not high enough to or well enough to do well on the test. And they get stuck there. <clears throat> and this is where I had I hate math begins for a lot of kids. You know, I mean, they might not like it, <laughs> but when you get to algebra, they get to that place of I hate math. I hate I hate algebra. And a lot of schools, you know, like in New York, I think you have to geometry. And after geometry, you could be done with math. But the problem again is you're limiting access. <clears throat> because again, it could be argued that you don't really need math if you if you're moving towards certain fields, or at least you don't need algebra. You need, I mean, of course, you need basic math. If you can if you can't count change, or make basic basic calculations, that is a problem, a big problem. But the argument is like you know, let's just get to algebra, <clears throat> so you can so you can graduate. But I say this: math is a gatekeeper. Algebra is a gatekeeper. Because without algebra, your chances of really navigating, you know, career pathways and being future ready is very limited. And what I mean by career pathways, there are many careers that require advanced certifications. And these are advanced certifications, whether it's a certification certification or actual college degree or whatever it may be. You're going to find math somewhere, some, somewhere there, especially at prestigious institutions. I'm not talking about degree mills, but there are schools out there that will give you, they'll give you a degree for just for sneezing, you know, in, 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 in cadence. And obviously you have a, you have a bachelor's degree in, you know, in, I don't know, in thermodynamics of sneezing. I don't know. But if we're talking about places that where you will be trained and prepared to go into legitimate fields, a lot of these places want to see your overall transcripts. They want to see, they want to see how you performed in the core content areas, because once you get into your institution, they're going to, you're going to be challenged. But not only that, you're competing with other candidates for a fixed number of seats. So, if math is not there, you are 
you're literally being blocked out. So let me um let me talk specifically about my experience. As a high school principal, I knew without a doubt algebra one was a problem. Um it was a problem when I was in school. It was a problem when I was a dean and assistant principal in, in, in high schools. So when I became a high school principal, within, I would say, about a year, um, we drafted and created a plan to no longer allow students to just come in and kind of, you know, flounder in the, the abyss of failing Algebra 1. We instituted for those kids who came in and we pre-tested them and we saw, whoa, that they were not going to trend very well towards passing algebra and the state regions in algebra. So um, what we did was you came in and you did a two-year sequence of algebra. So the first year was pretty much pre-algebra. All the basic skills that you need to have to be able to be successful in algebra one. Um, there were kids who came in and, and thankfully their principals, their schools had a, had a very similar philosophy on the importance of being high school ready by having a strong foundation in algebra. And some of these kids in the eighth grade took algebra and they took it in middle school, whether it was, it was a seven or eighth grade sequence, or it was just eighth grade, they took it, they passed the regions. And, and, um, when it came to me, I had, did have to assess because I, I never went just on what your score was. I now have to do my baseline assessment and see where are you? Are you someone who's approaching, who's at mastery, approaching mastery or just passed? And that was it. If you were um, at mastery, then you went straight to geometry. You came into ninth grade and you went straight to geometry. We're not, we were not playing games. You already passed the class and everything else straight to geometry. Those who were approaching mastery, who, um, who really needed some grounding, they would come in and they would sit in a course. Maybe we would we would call it something like advanced advanced algebra, so we can really make sure we grounded them even further, so they would be able to go to geometry and beyond. And those who came in and they were just like, mm. they had nothing, um, and and we knew they didn't need, they need a lot of remediation. And I don't believe in remediation. I really believe in acceleration. So those who need to be accelerated to where they need to be. We put them into a two-year sequence, and that was algebra, um, algebra, um, it was pre-algebra and algebra one, and um, and it was literally one course, but just spent over two years making sure we were giving the foundations and we were pushing them to be ready for to to be successful, and they would go straight into, um, so if they did a two-year sequence, that mean that mean ninth grade pre-algebra, tenth grade uh, um, they do algebra one, then then eleventh grade they'll do geometry. In some cases, because of the way geometry really functions, there was kids who, who a lot of kids, we were able to give them their sophomore year, algebra one and geometry at the same time. But they had such a strong grounding in in that pre-algebra class, ninth grade year. They they were, they did stellar, you know, and they were able to to actually have algebra one and geometry at the same time. And, um, it's not always advised, but you have to make sure you have strong teachers who are working together, who can kind of like fill in the gaps for each other. But we did that. And why, why did we have such a strong emphasis on, on algebra? Because I wanted every kid, by the time they graduated, 
to at least minimum, barest minimum, sat in Algebra 2. So if you came in like just with nothing, pre-algebra, ninth grade, algebra, um, algebra 1, 10th grade, geometry, um, 11th grade, or if you were just that kid and we knew we, we can get you there, you would couple Algebra 1 and geometry at the same time. Then junior year, if you did those, if you did two at the same time, then junior year you would be in algebra, algebra two or trigonometry, algebra two trigonometry. And if if you were just you weren't able to do that, still fine. You did pre-algebra, um, algebra, geometry, and your senior year algebra two trigonometry. But I wanted you to have all four years of math, because as you were now applying to colleges, trade programs, whatever the case is, you had a very strong um, transcript in math education because it's something that stands out, you know, but now those kids who came in with algebra already passed, let me tell you about their path. They would go to algebra one, ninth grade, geometry, 10th grade, trigonometry, um, um, 11th grade. And depending on how strong you were, some kids would go to pre-calc. Some kids would go to straight calculus is what we, what we had was teachers who would embed calculus in algebra two trigonometry and kind of fish, like which kids were just stars that we can accelerate them. Um, and all pre-calc pre, pre was just was at a slower pace. But then calculus was just like straight, it was a college course. And um, and for our, our artists, those who were just like, mm, this, is not my, this is not my jam, they would go into stats you know, advanced placement stats. And the reason for this is we wanted to make sure when these our students applied to colleges or whatever they chose to do next, they were just that much stronger. I had kids who were like, you know what? I want to go to the military. This is what I want to do. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for college. I, I, I just want to get away from here. And they said they have to choose the military. For the military, you have to take the ASVAB. Um, I think the Armed Forces Battery, um, Armed Forces verbal and something, something test. <laughs> it's been many years, but ASVAB. And um, overwhelmingly, those students who went through it, these, this sequence of math, they scored so high in, on ASVAB, you know, especially in the, in the math section and the technical sections, they scored so high. So you had kids who were not just going to be infantry. They were like going into engineering. They were going into military intelligence they're, they're, because they just had a way of thinking that is only that could only be influenced by having a strong math education. Um, then only that, the level of confidence. Because when a kid now is amongst their peers from other schools and their peers are like, oh, I'm done with math. And they're in the 10th grade, I'm done with math. And they're like, well, in my school, I have to keep it going. They're, they know they're different. They know what we're doing is different and they know the outcomes are different. And we tell them this every single day. Um, the first class that um that I had who graduated from my last from my um last school um as a high school principal um that were really part of the beginning of this sequence. When I said they all were sitting, all of them were sitting in math senior year, and some were sitting, some were sitting in algebra one. I'm sorry, algebra two in trigonometry. Some were sitting in AP stats. Some were sitting in in pre calc. And a lot of them were sitting in both, either pre-calc and stats or some kind of combination. 
when I say 100% of our graduating seniors got into college, 70% of them got full scholarships. Like they were covered, fully covered, 70%. And the one common denominator across all of them was their math education. Was their math education. Because I know for a fact, when you apply to college and they see your transcript and they see all that math, they're like, whoa. Even if you're just, I mean, I, we don't, I don't want you having a C, C's in math, but even if you have C's or B minuses, the fact that you kind of pushed along through math means there's a certain level of, of um, commitment and perseverance and grit. But we all know most people, are, they run away from math. But the fact that students made, made it all the way through said something about them. Regardless of what they decide to do, um, to major in or career-wise. And of those students who, the 100, the 100% got into college, again, not all of them went went to college. Some of them said, you know what, I'm going to go into the workforce right now. It's what I need right now. Some opted to go to the military. Some opted to go to trade school. And that was probably fine. Because the one thing that I know is that we gave them something that can never be taken away. You know? And... That is self-determination grounded in the fact that they knew they could do more because they did more than others. And that is something that's very, very important. So this is something that I'm, I'm going to challenge you as a high school principal to really think about. If your school does not have a expectation that all your students are going to do four years of math, start thinking about that. You know, don't be just a, a diploma mill pushing kids out, you know, put them in a space when they first come to understand this is the sequence. This is the articulation from the moment you walk into this high school until you graduate. And I and I have kids who like, again, they do the, the, the pre-algebra, ninth grade, algebra, ninth, um, algebra, um, 10th grade, geometry, 11th grade. Or, you know, and then, then they sit in algebra two you know, and trigonometry, and that's the senior year. And when, wherever possible, we add computer science in there, or we might add stats in there, because we know that that is the common denominator in determining whether or not a student is going to be seen for their ability. Now, let's talk about middle school. So middle school, because again, this is an area where a lot of schools don't even think about. Middle school is often treated like an extension of elementary school, depending on who's leading that space or the philosophy of the district. But I challenge people to really think about middle school as, you know, the cheat code for success in math in high school. What do I mean by that? You have a whole entire space that typically in most states are underregulated. When I mean underregulated, the requirements are very, very, you know, kind of loosey-goosey. Yeah, there are requirements, but if you go above and beyond, maybe everybody leaves you alone. So do I see middle school as this? Kids coming in, in the sixth grade, you got to assess them. You got to know. You got to like, you gotta really find out, you know, what do they know? Where can we start? And I would say this. Pre-algebra should be spiraled in from sixth all the way through seventh. So be spiraled in. Whatever, whatever the state requirements are for your sixth grade math, seventh grade math, you have to find the time in there to spiral in pre-algebra. Whether it's, say, okay, sixth grade, it'll be two units 
one or two units of pre-algebra. You know, I know schedule will be an issue, but maybe rather than just having those those five forty-five minute blocks, you 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 take away from somewhere and add um, another forty-five minute block a week. That when the kids walk into that classroom, they know they're just doing pre-algebra, looking at the equations, understanding you know the center structure of equations, you know graphing those basic, and it should be fun. It's, it's no no heat, just fun practicing skills, developing foundational understanding. Same thing in seventh grade. And then um, as time goes on, build upon that. Build upon that. Because by the time they get to the eighth grade, those students should be high school ready. By the time they're done with eighth grade, you know, having two years of pre-algebra spiraled in, spiraled in, and then eighth grade either sitting completely in algebra, because I don't know a single state that would say, Oh no, we don't want our eighth graders doing algebra. If the kids can do algebra, trust me, people will let it happen. You know, unless there's a state they wouldn't, and I don't know what that state is. And if there is, please let me know in the, in the comments. But however, eighth grade should be algebra. And if you're in New York, I tell my kids, like if you don't, if um if you're not ready for for the Regents exam then you won't take it. We're going to assess you. We're going to make sure that you're not just getting a 65. You're getting as close as mastery as possible. And if you don't, it's okay. Go to high school with what you know. And again, we will reach out to the high school and say, hey, do me a favor, assess this kid because this is what the kid did here. And any real good high school, and we, we tend to want to send our kids to those schools that we know that have an understanding of what, how important math is, we assess that kid and say, hey, wow, you're either at emerging, approaching mastery or you're at mastery. If you're at mastery, maybe what we need to do is maybe provide you with some kind of regents prep Saturday or after school morning or period of day just to get you ready for the test because you already know the content. Or or if you've passed it, okay, let's, let's put you in geometry. That's what we need to do. You know, at the end of the day, I'm saying also say, if we want our kids to have access to spaces that we know are super competitive, let's give them the competitive edge. Because by not doing so, now think about all the things that can go wrong. If they're not competitive, if they're not in those spaces to be able to compete and actually show out what they know and prove that they deserve to be in college spaces, in those right jobs, in those right fields, then the options become minimal. People always say, um, I've heard this, that um, that um, that prisons are built based on third grade reading scores. And that might be the case. But more prisons are also built by students not being able to perform or be competitive in spaces with math. Because then you come out to the real world and your options are very limited and and then guess what happens? You look and you, you dabble in spaces that you probably shouldn't be. And there are prisons being built for our children, you know, intentionally waiting for those who decide to go the wayward, the wayward path. So, again, I'm going to challenge you, principals, educators, superintendents, wherever you are. What is your math plan? You know, not just to close, not just only to close the achievement gap, even though that must be done. 
What is your math plan to ensure that your students are ready to go into the world and not just survive, but conquer? All right, guys. With Jane Joku, Sneaker Principal, thank you for your time. Have an amazing, amazing day. I'll talk to you all later. Peace. Hello, dear listeners of the Sneaker Principal Podcast. Uche Njoku here. Today, I bring you an open invitation, a free 30-minute coaching session where you explore your leadership challenges and device-tailored strategies together. To join, first, subscribe and follow this podcast. Second, share a leadership challenge by leaving a comment under this episode. And third, email uche.njoku at tsbmediapub.com. Again, that's uche, U-C-H-E dot njoku, N-J-O-K-U at tsbmediapub.com with free coaching session in the subject, your username and contact details. And if you wish to dive deeper after our session, Join our low-cost, ongoing coaching program designed to solidly support your leadership journey. Embrace this opportunity, esteemed leaders, and let's forge a future where you and your leadership sparkles in every school corner. In solidarity, thank you for being part of our community. Until next time.